Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Wench Bench, where friends sit and talk about fabulous fictional females. My name is Fonda. And my name is Allison. Today, Allison is going to be talking about Dr. Ellie Settler. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, for context for me, I've only seen, like, in terms of the OG Jurassic Park Mm -hmm. movies, the first one. Yes. The most important one. The (laughs) most And even then, I was quite young, and so I don't really remember much about it except for being scared. And there was a like some sort of shaving cream or whipped cream canister. Yes, yeah, <laughs> uh, that doesn't have much to do with Ellie Sattler. That's okay. um, oh, I can never remember his name, but he steals all the dinosaur DNA in a fake shaving can. <laughs> oh, so, okay. Yeah, and then he gets attacked by a. I want to say it's a Dilophosaurus. We joke and we call it a Diplodocalus because <laughs> at the end of the day, my husband and I don't really remember all the dinosaur names. I used to know them when I was a wee youngin because I started watching this movie probably before I should have. I was around eight years old and my mom loved it oh. and we owned it on VHS. This movie came out in 93, so a year after our birthdays <laughs> oh. or well at least mine i think you're you're a year older than me. Yeah. yeah yeah so yeah this movie came out in 1993 it's probably one of the first movies to really have a female character as a driving force throughout the movie she really is a powerhouse she makes a lot of decisions she's a strong character she drives the plot in so many areas of this movie and in the early 90s that was hardly a thing and it was quite a new thing which was a super exciting time in movies because you got to have new characters like Dr. Ellie Sattler and other women characters that really actually got to have a voice and got to have a storyline beyond their male counterparts. Mm -hmm. So for context because this is um Uh, In case you haven't listened to this podcast before, what happens is, is basically one of us comes with a fabulous fictional female and the other person sort of asks them questions. Mm -hmm. So my first question is, you said she's strong. What exactly makes her strong? Is she physically strong? Is she like more mentally, like emotionally, like what? Definitely more emotionally strong. Okay. She is a paleobotanist. So that means that she studies prehistoric plants. She's actually technically a paleontologist, but she has the, the specific focus of the plant life. Yeah, she is, she is mentally strong. Throughout the movie, spoilers in case you haven't seen a movie that's over 20 years old, <laughs> the dinosaurs escape. Oh, what? And she has to survive throughout this all. She does so... As a woman surrounded by men, there's only one other female character. Isn't she, it a young girl? She's a young girl. So the movie barely passes the Bechdel test if you're looking at that. But <laughs> So as a jumping off point for a lot of this conversation, I'm going to try and give some of the main points of her plot and the things that she did in this movie. And this movie is, I believe, just over two hours long. And she does so much. As I mentioned, she is a capable and smart woman in STEM. She is dating Alan Grant. That's the Sam Neill character. Oh, yeah. Ellie Sattler is played by the amazing Laura Dern, who I love so much. The whole cast of this movie is absolutely amazing, but she really does shine. She is dating Dr. Alan Grant, 
at the very beginning of the movie, they kind of set up a subtext throughout the whole movie. Okay. That is, she wants to have kids and he doesn't. If you watch the movie a second and third time, you start catching on to this, which is really quite interesting. So it kind of lies in there. The first thing that happens in the movie is the character of John Hammond arrives to their dig site right after they just discovered a velociraptor skeleton in the ground, which is super cool. She immediately runs into the trailer because he shows up in a helicopter blowing dust everywhere. He has endangered the dig. And so she's ready to just come in there and give him hell. It ends up being that he wants to basically pay them to go to Jurassic Park. So they want to fund the dig for like three more years and she's all in. She's like, yeah, I don't care how dangerous this is. You're going to give me money for the thing that I'm passionate about and we're going to go do it. Okay. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So she's actually the first one to agree to go. And that's pretty impressive that (laughs) that's uh, more her decision than Alan Grant's decision at the end of the day. They agree to go to Jurassic Park for funding. Uh, When they arrive, though, you really get to see how knowledgeable she is so they don't shy away from showing that she's smarter than some of the other characters in the movie she immediately mentions that there are dangerous plants everywhere they're toxic those kinds of things she definitely immediately voices her opposition to how dangerous not even just the dinosaurs would be but the plant life that they have planted on this island so you said that like she'd isn't afraid to like voice her opinion Mm -hmm. i would love to hear if there's like an instance and maybe you're getting to it and if so tell me and i'll I'll shut the fuck up i'm so excited to tell you about my favorite instance (laughs) i just want to know like when like she's like really holding her ground because that's what i love about strong doctor roles of women is when they're like no excuse me i know my stuff Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, I need you to stop explaining something to me that I'm actually a professional in. Yes. So do you have one? And are you going to tell me? It's going to come up here. Okay, I can't Uh, wait. There's actually a couple pretty amazing lines by her. The first one's actually coming up here pretty quick. But I also wanted to talk about how cute it is that they actually let her be really nerdy. Oh. So at one point, she's nerding out about the plants. They haven't seen any dinosaurs yet. And she's like, this plant's been extinct for like this many years and I can't believe it and she completely misses the fact that there's a giant brachiosaurus behind her <laughs> so she's just distracted by a leaf and she she misses the gigantic dinosaur and it's it's super cute and it it shows you how how passionate she is about her job one of the first moments of her standing her ground or just generally showing how clever she is is After a speech that a lot of people probably remember and quote a lot more is the Ian Malcolm character's chaos speech. So that's the Jeff Goldblum character. You and I know, just a side note, you love a Jeff Goldblum. I love a Jeff Goldblum. (laughs) I got to meet a Jeff Goldblum and he did the whole like hand water thing in the picture and it was amazing. Okay, that was just a little side note I wanted to throw in because I... I had to let you have that moment because I really yes. love him. Okay, oh, back to him so much. Back this, to Dr. Ellie. This podcast isn't about male characters we love. <laughs> it's not. So he gives his infamous chaos theory speech and he begins the line that Ellie, I believe, ends perfectly where he starts, God creates dinosaurs. God creates man. Man destroys God. Man creates dinosaurs. And Ellie chimes in with, 
Dinosaurs eat man. Woman inherits the earth. Oh. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> I hope so. How did other people interact it like act in that scene after she said that line? I'm curious. Like, do you do you remember anything? I do. And it's actually super cute because Ian Malcolm looks impressed. And then Alan Grant is in the backseat just like smirking, like, yeah, you know it. That's my girl. <laughs> like, I love her so much. Oh, <laughs> okay, well that's good. Were there any characters that took that in a like a like a negative or undermining way? Like Not that you really see. So you don't really get any of them outrightly being sexist in this movie, which is really impressive. Okay. There are a couple circumstances which she does call out, which again, I'll touch on later because it's awesome. <laughs> I'm just so curious because I, I love knowing the context of how a director would handle a scene with a character like yes. Ellie. So it's good to know that it showed a, a man being like, oh, I'm impressed by your mm-hmm. comeback. Yes. And then the husband being like, girl. So that's great. Okay, yeah. continue. I'm so sorry. It's okay. It's actually super cute because Steven Spielberg called her up and was like, Laura Dern, I need you for this part. Nobody else can do it but you. And she was super apprehensive because her mom was actually doing a dinosaur movie at the same time, which didn't end well. It was a very bad movie. (laughs) Not anybody saw it. And then this movie was a smash hit. So she was super apprehensive, but he like insisted. He's like, no, we need to have Laura Dern. She was his first choice. He knew that she could handle the subtleties of this character and she really did she did an absolutely amazing job made her the icon that she is today that the reason that character. That you love her exactly yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> so next in the movie you hit the triceratops the sick triceratops this is the scene where i feel like the audience begins to feel like dinosaurs are real because that dinosaur is a giant puppet. All the actors could touch it, which I think was super important. And so you really, you see the connection between Ellie as she goes up and she looks at its tongue and she's trying to like figure out what's wrong with it. And she ends up finding the answer. She ends up figuring that they're, they're eating a poisonous berry. But in the movie, it doesn't actually explain why they're eating it. Because she says that they, it's not something that they actually would normally consume. In the book, it explains that um, it's actually a stegosaurus in the book too, but I don't think it really matters. But stegosauruses eat rocks to help them digest. They've discovered this. I don't know how. Paleontologist magic. They eat rocks to digest things. And when they eat those rocks, they were actually picking up a bunch of those poisonous berries then that was going through their digestive system, which was causing them to get sick on a regular cycle, which Ellie figured out in the span of an hour in the books versus all of the scientists and people who made these dinosaurs that didn't know why they were getting sick. (laughs) So awesome. (laughs) Wonderful. Yep. Either way, she stays behind with the sick triceratops because she wants to make it better. And this actually ends up saving her because next up, there's a storm. It delays them just long enough that they're still in these tour jeeps when a storm comes along and the character of Alan Grant is in a jeep with Ian Malcolm. And then the two kids are in another jeep with the mean lawyer who gets eaten on the toilet. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Nobody likes the lawyer. Everybody was excited. He got eaten off the toilet. <laughs> oh, great. Um, but this is when the dinosaur, like, you get to see the first dinosaur attack. Alan Grant escapes with the kids. Ian Malcolm gets damseled, which is, again, awesome. One of, like, the first movies to be like, you know what? We're going to make this man a damsel in distress. Not, not the female character, you know, a couple firsts. She's not the damsel in distress. She's not injured. She's not being taken care of. She is also not the mothering character. But you said she wants to have kids. So I thought maybe she would be. Yes, but she is not then slotted with having to take care of the kids, which usually happens. Yes. Okay, fair point. Mm -hmm. Yes. In so many movies, the female character has to take care of the children because there's some kid that needs to get protected and saved and... Ellie doesn't have to. So she has those mothering instincts. She does care what happens to them, but she's not the one who is put in the position by the story to protect them. Got it. Which is really unique and cool. So Ellie gets back to the visitor center and they realize that this huge accident has happened. And so not one to be left behind. She tags along with Robert Muldoon, a very interesting man who always has a shotgun and is cool they go actually to the scene of the accident so she's right in there immediately like taking charge wants to go help find everybody and so they show up at the scene and they find the injured ian malcolm with his broken leg (laughs) and he as i said he becomes the damsel in distress for the rest of the movie complete with provocative poses and revealing clothing (laughs) so his shirt's like i'm done at this point this is where you get that like everybody's favorite jeff goldblum picture where he's sprawled out on the table with his shirt open and he's all sweaty and dirty (laughs) he becomes the eye candy yes he becomes the eye candy of the movie which is crazy Uh, another cool thing ellie has never shot really through the male gaze which again you kind of notice on rewatches there's none of that like focusing on her butt or like watching her bend over or anything like it's very it's a very neutrally shot movie except for the scenes of ian malcolm in sexy poses which is crazy (laughs) looking around the site she actually figures out that grant and the kids survived the encounter because she finds their footprints and she figures that they actually went over the wall and they got to escape as they're looking around though they have ian malcolm loaded up in the jeep and the T-Rex comes out of the forest. And so you get that really cool Jeep chase where they're driving away and the T-Rex is chasing after them and there's rain and it's dark and everything's scary. And she holds her own though. They eventually get everybody back to the visitor center and she actually doctors up Ian Malcolm. So she kind of deals with his pain. I believe they splint his leg, give him painkillers, that kind of thing. She takes this surprisingly opportune moment to remind John Hammond that the park is dangerous. <laughs> like, uh, mm, I told you so. Like, what did we say? It's super dangerous. Yeah. You cannot have dinosaurs here. So yeah, just got to get that dig in when she can. Uh, next, we meet Samuel L. Jackson's character. He was in this movie. He was in this movie. Oh my God. He's the best. He was smoking the whole time. Oh, okay. I didn't know he was in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He played like a tech guy who had enough of everybody's shit. <laughs> yeah. Classic tech guy. Classic tech guy. So he has figured out that the entire system needs to be rebooted. And 
he is sent to go and reset the power at the power shed. Having not returned, they figure that they actually need to send somebody else to go check on them. Ellie and Robert Muldoon volunteer. So getting the gang back together. (laughs) At this point is when we get the Ellie line, which is amazing and should be printed on t-shirts and everywhere all around the world is this your favorite this is one of this is one of my favorite lines of the whole entire movie john hammond objects to ellie going to do this thing because it's super dangerous and guess what the raptors are also escaped so that's the thing (laughs) yep yeah yeah so he's like well i should go because i'm the man even though he's old and uses a cane as he's trying to argue she shuts him down with the line of we can discuss sexism in survival situations when I get back. And then she just, like, leaves. <laughs> she just dropped a bomb on his ass. Yes. Oh, my God. Allison. <gasps> so awesome. What? I'm just, like, I ta- again, I have, like, I saw the movie, remember nothing about it, but I'm just picturing, <laughs> like, I'm assuming he's a white old man. Yeah. Okay, this in white, all white suit, old man in a white suit and a cane, like jaw drop, like that's what yeah. I picture when she leaves the room. He's just like, oh, and then he like yeah. looks at her husband and he's just like, yeah, she's just like mic drop. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's perfect. Yeah, it's amazing. And at this point, she's taken off her nice pink button up and she's down to just like her tank top and her khakis, and she's just she's ready to do this. Full survival. She's got a gun too. Muldoon respects the shit out of her. (laughs) And they head out into the forest. As I said, as they're heading there, they kind of realize, oh, the raptors probably escaped too. Great. Which, you know, raptors are scary as hell. Yep. Doesn't mean I don't think they're cute, though. (laughs) (laughs) Things can be cute and scary. (laughs) Yes. So as they're going, they actually realize that they are being followed. By the velociraptors. Oh. So they're having to go through the jungle. They're being followed by these raptors. And Muldoon says that he's going to stay behind to kind of distract them and to provide cover while she gets to the shed. So he stays behind. Bad stuff happens. Oh, no. Um, He actually says another, probably my actual favorite line of the movie. Because, as hopefully everybody knows, all these dinosaurs are women. (laughs) Wait. Female. They're all of the dinosaurs. Every single dinosaur is female. (laughs) Okay, can you go into that as a like side note? Pause on Doctor Ellie. Quick pause. Quick pause. Talk (laughs) about the female dinos. So to stop them from procreating, they decided to just not add the Y chromosome in the development process. So all of them were women, and they thought that that was going to keep them from procreating. Spoiler: It doesn't. They do. They have babies. What? Yes. Wait, uh, like, is it? Is they it can- use a, I want to say it's a tree frog DNA. And tree frogs are known to, in situations where there is an overabundance of women or females, they will switch sexes. So some of the dinosaurs that they created changed sexes. And so they started having babies. Dinos. Oh my goodness. Yeah. (gasps) Yes. I'm just picturing like 
the best yeah. thing ever. Oh my goodness. And the lead raptor is boss. It's the lead raptor. She oh is <gasps> so powerful. They actually talk about her early in the movie and how the weaker ones in her group, she would just kill. Oh. She's like, nah, I'm having none of this. Oh my god! <laughs> and so she's the leader of the pack, and Muldoon actually notices as he's tracking them that one is distracting him and basically baiting him into a um, into a trap. Oh. And so she's just kind of sitting there, and then he notices one like poker head up next to him. And he's like, clever girl. And then it pans away, and he obviously dies. <laughs> Oh my and god! So, so the line "clever girl" is probably my favorite in the whole movie because I quote it all the time. <laughs> okay, I know we're having a podcast about fabulous fictional female characters, but can we have like a podcast about the female dinosaurs in this movie? Because I I'm wish all for it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. But I'm sorry we went on that tangent, but it was needed. Yeah. Take me back. Because this movie also has the most amazing female, like, antagonists, <laughs> which are dinosaurs. Take me back to Dr. Ellie Seller. Okay, so Ellie makes her escape, thanks to Muldoon and his incredible sacrifice. She gets into the power shed. She restores the power. She switches everything on. She breathes a sigh of relief when a hand comes down on her shoulder. She believes that it is Arnold, so Sam Jackson's character, having found her and then when she grabs it she pulls it away and it's just an arm he's definitely been eaten by raptors <laughs> and so she screams and she freaks out and then there are raptors everywhere and she's having to run through and escape from like multiple raptors attacking her in these weird creepy tunnels laura dern actually said that this was one of her favorite scenes to shoot but it was also terrifying she was actually horrified while she's doing this and another really interesting thing is that as she's running and she gets out of this shed after fighting off these raptors and seeing somebody who she knows basically dismembered she is crying openly she is sobbing as she runs from this shed but it's she's feeling those emotions but she's not letting them affect her She's still escaping. She's still getting what she needs to have done, but she's feeling and she, yeah, she's sobbing because obviously she's terrified. Oh, who like, would it be? I, I, uh, I'm sorry, but if that was me, I would have pissed my pants. Yeah. Full disclosure. Yeah. I probably wouldn't have escaped. I probably would have died. <laughs> I, 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 yep, me too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, let's be honest Let's here. be honest and say that both of us would have died in that situation. Yes. It shows that you don't have to be, like, stone cold and serious all the time to be considered a strong female protagonist. Like did, you... she, did she fight them? Like, just curious. You said she had a gun, but did she use the she gun? She did not use the gun because it was in such close proximity. Okay. At one point, she actually used a door to trap it into like a corner so she opened up a gate wide enough so that it ended up in like a triangle and then she locked it into this weird like fence triangle so she she's just awesome she escaped really well and is super cool 
And she gets out of the shed and she sprints back to the visitor center where she meets up with Alan Grant again. And no pauses to kiss or say hello, which is great because come on, they don't have time for that. Bitch, who does in that situation? Exactly. And Alan's gotten the kids back safe. He's had his whole arc where he realizes the kids aren't terrifying, horrible monsters. Was he the mom figure? He was the mom figure. So Alan Grant, Sam Neill was the mom figure for the whole movie. He got to cuddle with the kids in a tree. He got to feed a brontosaurus. It was super cute. Aww. Um, Very, very tender moments with Grant and the kids. Aww. Next, they have to go to the control room to reset everything. And this is one of the most high intensity scenes in the movie because Lex the little girl is actually a computer genius and she is the one who's handling resetting the system because she is a little 90s hacker girl which I think we all knew one of those (laughs) I am down for this character turning into like a top notch hacker yes so Lex is cool she's resetting the system and Ellie and Grant are actually physically holding a door closed against a raptor who's trying to push their way in yeah because they put in non-raptor proof handles we laugh when we watch this movie because we think the entire all of the problems in this movie would be solved by normal doorknobs (laughs) because they have like the handle yeah the one that sticks out to the side so they just have to push it down to open the doors which you know if it was a knob or they like couldn't, a, like, grip it because no opposable thumbs. Why not, like, a key? You know, like, they, they're in a sciencey building. Quick tangent. If it was me and I knew that <laughs> anything could freaking happen, dinosaurs are dangerous, mm-hmm. wouldn't you have, like, lock-proof thumb pads, finger coats, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, have contingencies for your contingencies yes. and don't have doors that dogs can easily open because mm-hmm. a dog could open that doorknob. Yeah. Yeah. Why can't a raptor with that little creepy claw? <laughs> the important part of their <laughs> plans, I guess, were the fact that all of these locks were on this state-of-the-art security system that would have been fine had Dennis Nedry, because I just remembered his name, the character, not sabotaged the whole system to steal dinosaur DNA. Oh, the dude with the shaving with cream the can. With the shaving cream can. Oh, yeah, damn. so he sabotaged the whole system. So that's why the locks weren't working. That's why they had none of those, like, security measures. But still, doorknobs. Whole movie solved. Doorknobs. By doorknobs. <laughs> well, maybe not the whole movie. The dinosaurs would would have still escaped, but, you know. At least certain scenes could have been improved with raptor-proof doors. Doorknobs. <laughs> so they're holding the door shut. It's super intense. Again, like physically helping somebody hold the door shut. They end up getting the door locked, but the raptor's like, I'm having none of this. I'm going to break through this window. So it crashes through the ri- window. They escape through the air ducts off into the main visitor's lobby where the raptors have them surrounded and everything's crazy and then boss lady t-rex just bursts in there wipes out all the raptors and is like no this is my kingdom i am queen here you don't mess with me and so her big tantrum essentially (laughs) led to all of the humans being able to escape and they jumped in a jeep and they drove off and they caught a helicopter her and alan share this like relieved look as Alan, again, has the kids sleeping under his arms. And it's super sweet. 
then the movie closes and they finally escaped and everything's okay they share a moment they do they share a moment but again like there's you could easily watch this movie and miss their romantic plot i love that yeah like you could absolutely miss it it's subtle but it's normal it's not like overblown. She's not like, oh my gosh, where's my boyfriend? I can't find him. He needs to save me. And he's not like, my wife, I must go and get her from the raptors. Ah. Oh no, whatever will I do? Yes. Yeah, Ellie actually ends up coming back in the third movie for a short while. The third movie is not great, but Alan Grant essentially goes back to an island to help a family save their son. And at the end, when they're all stuck on a ship drowning, he uses his basically last phone call to call the one woman in the world he knows can handle anything. And that's Ellie Sattler, Dr. Ellie Sattler, who is now married to somebody else with a kid because I guess her and Alan couldn't work it out. And she ends up literally bringing the army. She, like, calls in the cavalry. Does she have, like, an inn? It's intense. It doesn't really explain it, but she brings everybody to save them, and it's awesome. (laughs) It's because she knows. She's like, you know, learn once from your mistake. She don't fuck around. You don't mess no. with Dr. Ellen Grant. She tells you this is a bad idea. Maybe. I mean, I've only known her for this short period of time. But maybe listen to her and take some notes. Mm-hmm. I do have a couple differences, though, between oh. the book and the movie. Not many. They actually did a really good job because they had Michael Crichton helping. So they had him... He originally tried to write the screenplay, but he couldn't disconnect himself from the book because this movie was purchased before the book was even finished being written. Oh. First of all, she is a graduate student instead, and Alan Grant is actually her professor, so there isn't a romantic relationship between the two of them. Oh. And she is engaged to a physicist named Dr. Riemann, which I kind of like that they just made her a doctor. Like, they just put her on level playing field with Alan Grant, and they're just like, nope, they're equals. We're not playing this, which I really do love. For the movie, like, in the book it made sense, but for the movie it was nice to have. You know, we we want those role models out there. (laughs) As I mentioned, it was a stegosaurus and not a triceratops. She didn't really have to go and reset the power, I don't believe, but the raptors were actually trying to get into the visitor center because there were more people in the book that were at risk. What Ellie did is basically used herself as bait to distract the raptors (gasps) so that they would stop getting into the lodge. And like, oh my gosh, she was like running from them. She had to climb over fences. It was intense. Like it was so cool. I love how she was put in that role because at least when I'm thinking about like Jaws movies or like anything, Mm -hmm. normally the man is the one that's like, I'm going to do this and distract people and be like, hey, hey. And like the only time I think a girl does it, if it's like on accident, you know what I mean? Where like yeah. they don't know something's happening and they go out and they kind of put themselves in harm's way, which normally that female character is like a side character that's only there literally to get like destroyed or wrecked. <laughs> the sexy by... lamp. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. So I love that. She was basically filling the role of, like, I'm doing this selfless act 
in order to help other people. Yes. Even after that, <laughs> even after she like almost got eaten by raptors, she decided to accompany Dr. Grant in the book to the raptor nest. She's like, I know they almost ate me, but I am a incredible, strong woman in STEM who needs to find out what is happening. And so she accompanies him to the nest where they actually document the fact that these dinosaurs have babies. So they found out that a bunch of the raptors had changed genders. So they found all the eggshells, they found the babies. And this is where they actually show that the dinosaurs are closer to birds. So that was mentioned in this book where the raptors were like running around the island trying to migrate essentially. So they were like moving in like migration patterns, which they noticed in the book. What? Yeah, super weird. I actually have a couple extra little fun facts too before we get into my personal reasons. Well, more of my personal reasons for loving Dr. Ellie Sattler. So a few of the fun facts that I found, mostly off of things like Wikipedia, IMDb, general Google searches, that kind of stuff, was a extensive list of people who were considered for the part, but were ultimately passed up on because Spielberg got who he wanted at the end of the day. So a few of the other people were Juliette Binoche, Robin Wright, The Princess Bride, Jodie Foster, Joan Cusack, Julia Roberts, Linda Hamilton, Sarah Jessica Parker, Sandra Bullock, Gwyneth Paltrow, Julianne Moore, and Helen Hunt. So, huge names. That's a, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so they had a extensive list of people, and Julianne Moore would actually eventually come back to play the character of Dr. Sarah Harding in the second Jurassic Park movie. She's also pretty cool. Probably going to do her in the future. Because <laughs> she, again, don't need no man to go get the job done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, a cute other fun fact, too, is that Jeff Goldblum and Laura Dern liked each other so much after this movie that they dated for two years and were engaged for a short period of time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Dr. Settler and Ian Malcolm were getting cozy. They were getting smitten. They were. It's that hand. It's that water on the hand trick. It was the eye candy he provided. It was. It was the open shirt for (laughs) half the movie. (laughs) And the all black clothes. (laughs) Oh, this one's super cute. So all of the cast were apparently given a raptor model signed by Steven Spielberg. And (laughs) Laura Dern put hers in her son's bedroom near his crib. (laughs) When he was older and saw it, he screamed. (laughs) And so she had to put it in storage and she hopes to one day take it out so that they can be friends. Aww. Yeah, so pretty cute. (laughs) I'd probably scream too. Let's be honest. (laughs) I had to change my text tone from the raptor screech because it scared me too often. Oh my goodness. It's now (laughs) R2-D2. And then the last fun fact I have is that uh, Laura Dern in that scene that I talked about was genuinely crying. She was actually like filming that. She was in such like a heightened state of fear. Like it was actually so genuinely scary that she was actually crying in that scene. Oh, 
Oh, shoot. Um, when she's running out of the maintenance shed. So that's all the facts and the storyline that I have for you. I feel like I learned so much, not just about her, but about the female dinos. They're pretty awesome. Yes. Yeah. That was pretty great. And also just like, I think if I'm ever going to watch Jurassic Park again, which I probably will from this, mm-hmm. <laughs> my lens will be different as I view it. Because I'll just be looking at them and being like, those damn doorknobs. You need to have the doorknobs. Exactly. <laughs> so tell me, Allison, to finish us off, what do you really love about her? I just love that she was an equal in this movie. And looking back on my childhood, I find that a lot of the women in movies or the female characters in movies that I connected to the most were the ones who were treated as equals. It's unfortunate that there's not as many as you'd hope. (laughs) But watching her made me want to go... And learn all about dinosaurs. So I was with all the boys. And my mom supported me incredibly in that. Like, she got me dinosaur books. And I learned a whole bunch about them. I still love them. Think they're the best. You're painting one, actually. I am painting one. A dinosaur model for Dungeons and Dragons. Because, come on, we're both nerds here. Yeah, I know, I know. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a nerd, too. She was an equal and she was not afraid to be smart or to have emotions or to have opinions. She really did become one of my first role models as a child. The The whole movie was surprisingly feminist. I mean, you have one, like, one of the main driving forces of the movie is a woman. And the main antagonist of the movie is a bunch of women dinosaurs. Like, it's a surprisingly feminist movie. Don't think it was intended that way to be like, well, like all the dinosaurs are women and that can be interpreted a lot of different ways. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of great ways. Yeah, it really subconsciously, I feel, had an effect on my future and my opinions. There's also the fact that they let her be stereotypical or stereotypically feminine mm-hmm. without showing that in a bad light like she wants to be a mom and she's crying and she's showing her emotions and she's showing her passion but it's never done in a way that looks down on it her desire to be a mom isn't considered a weakness or an exploitation in this movie like it's just a part of who she is and i think that's really a good thing to see i appreciate being given the opportunity to see a woman like that on screen from a really young age and yeah learn that it's okay to be passionate about things you're passionate about Mm -hmm. no matter what it is no matter if it's plant life or the movie jurassic park (laughs) what i think is interesting is she was really passionate about that and she's in like dr ellie sattler is probably in a male dominant field Mm -hmm. which not going too much into about your personal life, Allison, but you're in a male-dominant field. I am. <laughs> and you've had to go through a lot in order to get where you are and to show that you're passionate and you're not just doing this trades job just to do it, right? Like, yeah. So I think, like, paralleling that, I can see <laughs> how she's influenced you to not take anyone's shit no matter what career field you're going into. 
Exactly. She's she's a great role model. And, you know, we might not necessarily cover women that are great role models in this show. Because <laughs> um, I know we have a few planned that uh, are special. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, these characters are important. And I know she was important to me. And I think that sharing this will maybe make her a little more important to other people, too. Aww. Yay. Yay, female doctors. Female doctors. Women in STEM. (laughs) Women in STEM. (laughs) You will save us one day. One day. (laughs) All power to it. Women inherit the earth. (laughs) Can we say that? Is that okay to say? (laughs) Will we get botched for this podcast? No, that's when things are quotable. Yeah. She is quotable. Okay, thank God. I was really worried. I was like, oh my God, no, we can't. So Fonda. Now that I've talked your ear off for a little while, is there anything in the future coming up that you're particularly excited about? Well, there are like a couple things, but what I'm really happy about right now is I just finished Kingdom Hearts 3. I've been waiting to get that game for so long, and I got it recently because my birthday passed, and I just finished playing it. And it's like really bittersweet <laughs> because I thought it was over. I thought the whole franchise was over. And then it ended being like, no, there's more. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. I thought I thought you were over. I waited 13 <laughs> years and now I have to wait again. So like I'm excited for what the future of the franchise will hold for that series because I like it. And there's a female character in the game that I'm going to talk about at some point. But yeah, so haven't played a game in a while and it was really good to play one. That's awesome. And just binge it. Mm-hmm. I felt like a couch potato. <laughs> like a couch potato. Yeah, so that's what I'm excited about. That's awesome. Yeah. Anyways, dear listeners, you can find us wherever podcasts can be found. Please make sure to rate and subscribe if you haven't already. You can follow us on our Tumblr, Twitter, and Instagram at WenchBenchPod. And if you want to reach out, you can send us an email at WenchBenchPod at gmail.com. W-E-N-C-H-B-E-N-C-H-P-O-D at gmail.com. All the art for the WenchBench was designed by the wonderful Tessa Joyce Rekin. And you can find her on her Twitter at Wherevile. We'll have the link in the episode description. And thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.